Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stylishly Sustainable Podcast, a place where style and sustainability meet. I'm your host, Monica Diaz, and I am delighted to have you here today. This podcast is here to show you that you can have a sustainable closet and lead a sustainable lifestyle and still be on trend and stylish. The podcast will be focused on styling tips to create your authentic style. And the best part is I get to introduce to you the brands that are creating beautiful, sustainable products. You get to hear their stories and learn more about why they took the road towards sustainability. Today, we are speaking with Harmony Pilobello and Shilpa Inyengard, the co-founders of Altier, a very stylishly sustainable interchangeable shoe brand. Shilpa is the CEO and co-founder. It is her background in women's wear and footwear that led the way for their initial foray into starting Altier. She currently leads their website development and store outreach. Harmony is VP and co-founder. Her background is in sustainability and trend forecasting, and it is a major part of what Altier is today. She currently leads their marketing and advertising efforts. Combined, the two of them design, lead, and manage the production of Altier from start to finish. And now, let's get this conversation started. Hi, everyone. So we are here with uh, both Shilpa and Harmony. And ladies, tell us your story. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, Yeah, so Harmony and I met uh, at Parsons School of Design um, many years ago and uh, bonded (laughs) over uh, like a design, same design ethic and a a love for the environment um, and also a very morbid sense of humor, but uh, so we've gone <laughs> over all things like that. And uh, also, of course, a love of shoes. Um, and we kind of came up with this idea uh, of interchangeable straps so that you can have one shoe, but have like 50 shoes. Um, and, you know, living in New York, the closet is not that great. So it was the perfect thing for us in that sense. And also, um, we travel a lot, so that was um, a big uh, boon for traveling because you could bring so many shoes in a small package. Uh, and then, of course, there was the creating less waste uh, element too, as well. So it kind of started with that like idea, thinking, "Is this going to even be possible?" We slaved away making prototypes uh, and also talking to factories who didn't think it was possible, and finally <laughs> found the right one. That's in Brazil. <laughs> actually really funny just looking at our first prototypes versus like, what they are now it's like when we first started every single version seemed better and better but now retrospectively it's like oof we were trying to make these prototypes by hand and take them from factory to factory but once we got them professionally done it looked drastically different uh, right so it, it's funny looking back now and it's great as like a record of history right just like how we've progressed over the years yeah definitely (laughs) but yeah but in a nutshell oh sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say you know I feel like what you guys did was take that leap okay and someone said that if uh you know if you're not embarrassed by the first thing that you put out then you know you just waited too long it just you have to really go through that process you know and I feel like sometimes we want to be perfect and we can't if you hadn't done that where would you be today? You'd still be trying. 
Yeah, it's true. I, I do think that at least on my everyday, I have the same issue where I want it to be perfect from the beginning, but then it sometimes keeps you from starting at all. So yes. I'm glad that we just started from somewhere and have been slowly building and improving throughout the years. Yeah. And it sounds like, so you guys met in college, you're both design students, you're having this dream, you're sharing this story of like your humor. And of course you're traveling. At what point did you think there's something wrong with the shoes I'm wearing? I feel like I need something else. Like what was that click that happened? I almost feel like it's just <laughs> trying to wear heels throughout my twenties living in New York. <laughs> <laughs> We all think that that's really possible. And sometimes it really yeah. is. <laughs> so many nights of hobbling home being like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and then also, you know, the culture, at least for me at the time, was to always put an extra pair of shoes in my bag. And with our shoes, it just takes up so much less space nice. or you could even, you know, wear something to work and then wear it out. Whereas before... I would always have two pairs of shoes. I would bring one to work that I would wear later because it wasn't work friendly. So I think for us, it was also just that just living in New York with tiny closets and having so many interests like dancing, going out, meeting friends, and then also having to look professional Mm -hmm. at the same time and potentially walk like a mile to the train, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all of those things like inspired us to get to where we are now with these modular shoes. Right. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think, you know, it was just how can we make choose more versatile and that was really uh the answer um we never really went into the changing of the heels um because of the heel height change and i we thought would that would mess with the structure of the shoe and the comfort level and the biggest thing i guess was that these things were comfortable because we're we have a lot of experience wearing uncomfortable shoes (laughs) i think we all do you know i i love what you just brought up because i'm one of those my bag is pretty big because it always has an extra pair of shoes. And I always tell people this. It's like, you know, one of my favorite movies is, I don't know if you girls ever watched Working Girl. Do you remember, if you ever watched that with Melanie Griffith? It's so long. It's the 1980s. And there she is with the sneakers. (laughs) And then changing into the shoes. And that was the big thing at that time, right? It's like 80s, 90s. and we still today have one pair of shoes that we wear to work and then another pair of shoes that we wear walking to work because we don't go into a car and get off of a car. We're in the subway, we're running around. There's a lot of things that are going on. And then what I love about your shoes is the heels are comfortable heels, but they still look very stylish. Yeah, that was our main goal too. Cause I do think that there is this, kind of idea of what comfortable shoes look like like I imagine Mm -hmm. uh what is that brand aerosols is that yes yes that's what I imagine when I think of comfortable shoes or I think of sneakers you know but that's not always practical for doing the full spectrum of things from day to night so or even just traveling like I I wouldn't want to go out to a nice dinner wearing sneakers um personally, I would probably opt for heels. Right. And I think that's exactly, I think you just said it. I think it's all about our personal style, right? And one of the things, uh, Shilpa, you're the one that is the design background, right? You're the person that, that really has this background. Were you thinking in that direction of, 
Uh, is there different personalities of the people that are going to wear our shoes? Is that where the straps come in? Like, how did that come to fruition? I think, well, okay. Well, in all honesty, when it started, it was like, what's going to work with these shoes? <laughs> what styles will work? Yes. We tried so many. We tried, we tried probably like 20 when we first started. A lot. Uh, yeah. And we ended up with starting with four or five. I think we launched with four or five. Um, and I think from there, it's really just been what will work between the heel heights. The, the hardest thing for us is to get it to work between the heel heights um, because the angle of your foot really changes how the strap sits so uh it becomes uncomfortable in other situations or just too loose or too tight um so really our designs are actually pretty limited by what uh works between them of course yeah yeah so that's kind of how it started and I think after that uh it was just more okay you're gonna need like an evening shoe you're gonna need like a work shoe you want mm -hmm. something sparkly like just all the different occasions you could think of like how could you make the one shoe fit for ev uh, all the occasions um mm -hmm. and that's kind of where we started with it yeah. um I feel like it was also like trying to figure out how to do this in the most simple way possible right because there are other modular shoes but it's a lot more complicated in my opinion right. it's like here's seven different steps you have to do to be able to make this interchangeable Into a different shoe yeah, for us, it was like, what is the most simple time effective way for someone to change their shoe and like really make it make or break the outfit, you know? So I feel like that helped with your footwear background. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I mean, we design it together and then it's more of a like what's possible and what's not possible and why isn't this working? And we have a lot of help actually from our um partners in Brazil in kind of refining how it works as well. Right. And that's great too, that they're not just taking it just exactly how we make it and making it. They're like, no, 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 this is how it's actually like, this will be better right. this, this way. Is, we this can is like feasible. Yeah, this yeah. is feasible. Yeah. So I think it just kind of started that way. Um, and then I think after that, it evolved by listening to our customers uh, and what people are wanting to see um and then just seeing what's been selling better and then doing more of that so things like that and sometimes we just want to do something fun so we just do something fun and it sells really well so that, of course so sometimes it, that's it yeah and for those that don't know so um Altiers really their design concept is all based around changing the straps of the shoe so you're not changing the heel you're not changing anything else you're basically just changing the straps so that you get a fun strap, whether it's something that you're going to go and you're going to do something that is a print or you're going to do color blocking color on color. Or you're going to do a rhinestone kind of a strap on it. And the strap goes across. There's different straps, too, which is the beauty of it. You know, ones that can actually tie and change it into a shoe that ties or one that just is almost decorative and goes across the instep of the shoe so that it creates like a mule that has like a double strap or even on a boot which I thought was fantastic that was the other part that I really loved when you guys started going into boots I was like oh my god this is fun <laughs> yeah that's been that's been a challenge actually with the cl more closed shoes getting the straps to fit on them so which is why it took us a while to get into it um that's and right. we actually have uh ballet flats coming yes so exciting wait that is so fun what a great yeah. idea yeah, we know it's just the same idea of how can we listen to our customers and see what they would need, like in their life, um, what's yeah. missing. So, yeah, I mean, we just want to make it easier for everyone and uh, 
Yeah, the, the straps are interesting. You can really change what you look like, what it matches with your outfit. And because the straps are changeable between different shoes, say you want a mule for work, you could take get a sandal base for the summer and wear all the same straps on the sandal. You can right. wear uh, a lot of those straps on the boots in the winter. So it, it's the idea is that you're building your collection out. So you're not, when you buy a new base, you don't have to buy all these new straps. All the straps you have already work. So you're just right. adding to the collection. Everything goes together. Um, and that's also how we design. We make sure there are things that match uh, in previous right. that, seasons. That it is a, it's a core wardrobe for your shoes, basically, right? Yeah, like definitely, definitely. And so. I think it actually really appeals to minimalists because if you have just two colors that you always wear, you can get the full spectrum of shoes in those two colors and you're right. just set for the whole year, you know, one sandal, one platform, one boot, and you're in all your in black or white okay let's talk about that as well um you know when we think of sustainable style a lot of the times we think about beiges and grays and blacks and whites and keeping it that way and i don't see that you know i feel like today being sustainable doesn't limit your color palette. And mm -hmm. I think you girls show that really well. Tell us about some of the fun colors and fun things that you have there. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are both are colorful people. So we have a lot <laughs> of colors. <laughs> yeah, maximalists. <laughs> um, so I think for us, we love crazy colorful shoes. Um, and I've always bonded to bring that element of the, a little bit like the bold element that you see on the runway, you see on like red carpets, things like that, to more comfortable shoes, to more sustainable shoes, because sure, like your neutrals and your blacks, that's like what you're going to have as your core. You're going to sell it more as a business, things like that. But what makes it exciting and different is that you can have all of that in a design, like a, more of like a designer shoe. Uh, and you don't have to sacrifice Oh, like the comfort, you don't have to sacrifice. Um, oh, where is this getting made? You know, things like that. So yeah, we just wanted to say that like regular things can be sustainable, regular things That's can right. be comfortable. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. And so. in, the, in previous collections, so some of the fun ones that we don't make anymore, but have made yeah. this one was a stiletto that had like a little faux fur um trim on I it I remember that <laughs> that was a big hit super popular but it's one of those things where people want to come in for and try it and maybe they'll walk away with something else or maybe that's the shoe they've been looking for their yeah. whole life and they're right. very connected to it so we had those we also had some striped open toes with little flower cutouts on it and then now what we're focusing on is more um clean bases that could really last for long periods of time and and then fun straps that mm -hmm. you could change out. So more glittery straps, studded straps, metallics. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different kinds of straps we have now. I know. I saw that. It, and that's what makes it, that, that's the fun part, I think, that you get to pick those straps. Let's talk about sustainability now. Let's talk about how did that happen? And what does sustainability, what part does it play in Altier? 
Um, I would say it's actually been part of our plan from the very beginning. So at Parsons, what I focused in was sustainability and sustainable design and just how to make low waste manufacturing. And Shopa and I both have always cared about it. Um, and I think that was part of the appeal of making the modular shoe, just this idea of one shoe working really hard for you, but also extending the life of a product. So instead of putting a whole pair in the trash, you could just renew constantly constantly renew. Um, so I would say for us, in some ways, it was actually really hard because we had this idealistic view of what a fully sustainable business would look like. Mm -hmm. And we had to just start from somewhere, you know, being a right. small business, we couldn't always meet the minimum orders for the materials we wanted to use. And it's like, okay, dial it back. What can we do? And we knew that we could focus on um, ethical labor laws. So that was something that was really important for us from the beginning. And we focused on ethics from third party suppliers all the way to um, the people that we hire in the office that work with us. So that was like the starting point just to get us going. And right. now every year we, we just check in constantly, like what else can we do? You know, so now we have reduced a lot of our single use plastic um, in production. We're also working on a fully recycled box and uh, our, our like lifts are not lifts, the, the heel, um, what is the actual word for that? I'm spacing out on it right now, but it's made out of recycled plastic. Yeah. Um, so really just looking at every aspect holistically, also the last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last. Last. okay. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to look at it holistically and see as we grow, what can we address now and just commit to that as part of our general ethos, right? So there's even a lot of things that we do that aren't forward facing and it's just for us. It can be down to like um, buying a soda stream so that we're not using tons and tons of I, yes. bottles, you know? <laughs> so yeah. um, I don't know if that answered the question, but it did actually, it answered it, I think in a really beautiful way that kind of talks about what Stylishly Sustainable Podcast is about, which is really the, the road to sustainability, right? I think a lot okay. of the times people think that um, you have to be sustainable 100%. Oh my God, you, you didn't do this. Why did you make this mistake? You know, we're here on this road. This is step by step. And I love the fact that you're saying this because that is exactly how you get to, you know, you get to your goal one step at a time. Yeah. You don't jump at it and you're there already. You know, so I applaud you for actually starting and staying on track and looking for that vision in the future, like what's next. And it happens, I think, internally as well. You know, I think for me, it happened the same way as it's happening for you, which is how can I be more sustainable? What could I do? You know, little steps, little baby steps that become a habit and they yeah. become your company. You know, all of a sudden it starts becoming your company and what you live by. And it starts to be you, you moda operandi, this is the way that you start, you know, really working. So I'm Definitely. excited for you guys. I think that that's <laughs> Thank really you. amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to add to that, that um, also like on our sustainability journey, we've been pushing the factory to become more sustainable. And interestingly, at first there was definitely pushback on it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we wanted all sorts of information from them. They're like, why do you want, why do you want this? certificate right. to be shown why do you want us to answer this 
question, blah, blah, blah. Which is interesting because they 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 meet all of the yeah. criteria. They were just hesitant to go through the certification process. That's right. Yeah, definitely. And now because it is more of a trend and I think there's people like us, like you said, step by step, people are wanting to be more sustainable. More companies are asking them. So now they're really going through it. They've been much better about getting on track are pe the people we have there if we send them a swatch like actually we can get this like recycled here in yes, brazil yeah. so if you want this material but like a recycled version you can here you go or like we have oh your black leather you know we can get it chrome free do you want the chrome free one we're like yes we would love the chrome free one thank you right. so they they know that um that's what we want to do that's what other people are trying to do um, so in that sense it's been easier for us to become yeah. more sustainable as well i do also think that 2020, right, acknowledging the pandemic, mm -hmm. direct to consumer was such a big thing now that even yes. third party suppliers are starting to be open to the idea of smaller order, like smaller minimum orders, yeah. things like that, because they want more people to be able to buy it and sell it directly on That's their right. website. So it's actually been working out really well for us in the past year and a half, just making sure that there's uh, more things accessible for us so that we can grow in a more sustainable way. Yeah. That makes me excited. You know, I um, I don't know if you ladies know this, but my background is actually um, textile design, textile development. Oh. And, you know, so I started in design. I started, and I remember when things started going, production was just big. Minimums were started to be huge. I always worked in better goods. So I always worked with, you know, mills in, you know, Europe and in Latin America where your minimums were low. So the the more, you know, design-based uh, companies that, you know, the higher-end companies were able to buy lower minimums. Then all of a sudden, everything went to such high minimums that it's like, you know, made overseas and it started becoming just how many, there's, it's impossible to wear that much clothing is what I, that yeah. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking it's like, that's impossible, you know? But I love the fact that we're going back to lower minimums, yeah. you know? there there's less waste so much stuff gets wasted because of it and I think that's the part that is also important to to tell people you know part of being sustainable is not being wasteful like yeah. why are we doing yeah. this Definitely. that's also so something we do that we don't always talk about too is just ordering things in small batches so even though we have things that we know will sell out that are best sellers we still only order a small amount that we know we can sell right um and that also does include knowing what we can sell during sales right um but it is something like when i hear other brands where they they over order because they I, I actually don't have a, a rational reason. I don't either. <laughs> but it's so common. It's like, okay, well, we're, we're anticipating all this expansion. So we're just going to get everything ahead of time. And then if we right. don't, it's like more cost effective to just throw it away. So we are doing the opposite of that and just choosing to order small batches, even if it costs a little bit more so that we know we're not producing more waste on our end. Definitely. And it also anything we a new product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then anything we happen to discontinue, if it does something, we don't sell as many as we thought. We donate them to uh, Souls for Souls. So they actually get reused or they help uh, other women do their own small businesses by selling like new products that they've been donated um, and things like that. So we're trying to make sure it just doesn't end with us. Like the shoes don't end with us. The shoes don't end with the customer that we're giving people options to recycle it or donate it or repair it on our giving them um, right. resources to do that. We send out 
little stud kits if the stud comes off. Yeah, DIY repair yeah. kits so that you can love keep that. Kits. Yeah. So yeah, we just don't want it to be, you know, design inherently is making waste, I guess. Like you're you're just designing things yeah. and they're making them and then you're selling it to people, things you don't really need, I guess, in, in life. So we're trying to, you know, we're just saying like if you're gonna wear shoes, wear the best like wear these better shoes that we've designed for you and you know, be responsible what you're doing with it afterwards. Um, yeah. And we're just, yeah. So, yeah, you know, and I think also, um, Shilpa, one of the things is, yes, I think design is inherently a lot of the times wasteful, I guess, only because ideas are endless. And I think that's really yeah. where we become where we're like, oh my gosh. But a good design is exactly what you're doing, which is a good design is made to last, right? Right. A good design is something that you want to keep for as long as you want to keep if you want to, you know, set, you know, become circular, right? So it goes to, right. you know, somebody else or you do something else or it becomes that when you do dispose of it, it actually does biodegrade. Yes. It actually is not wasteful to the earth. That's really good design. Yeah, right? definitely, definitely. And, you know, I know that we are all into, I, I totally agree in having um less collections coming out yeah I think that is definitely something that again crazy how many collections you know are expected for people to bring out but I also think that as human beings because fashion is design and design is art and it is self-expression we're always changing and wanting to see something new right so I do believe that we need new collections uh, that are not too much. But how do you guys come up with your new ideas? So what really is it that brings forth that design concept? I would feel like, so well, basically in our design process, first there's a lot of trend research because we want to make sure that what we're producing is something people are going to want. Mm -hmm. So we really start with that first. And then I would say from there, it becomes finding things we're excited about. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we right. know leopard print in, <laughs> but what leopard print do we like? You know? Right. <laughs> and then right. from there, it's like, asking a bazillion questions. Where are we going to source it from? Is it a place that's certified for sustainability? Is it going to cost a lot to ship it? And like, what's the, what's the emissions going from this country to this country as the one in the country that we're already producing in? So there's all those questions. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's really it. We start with the trends, then we look at the materials, we kind of vouch the materials. Um, and then we just go ahead and start looking at, yeah, I guess it's just looking at what will match, what people will want. Um, sometimes we just feel like we haven't made anything exciting in a while. So we'll just make something crazy because we feel like making something crazy, <laughs> but, uh, you need to change. <laughs> yeah. always, it's always keeping in mind what already exists and yeah, what we have and what, how customers could like maybe renew their closets with what they've already purchased with what we're contributing and the nice thing is because our shoes are interchangeable they're they're honestly seasonless so right. we don't need to really make full collections of brand new things it's just about remixing it with a couple new items and reintroducing it to the market so it's it's still also as a business more sustainable for us because we're not making you know I don't know seven new 
collections of things it's really maybe one or two new things yeah. that are being mixed in with what already exists yeah I guess that is more recently we have kind of landed on that model of we don't really need to make so many things we need to see what what's being mixed so like yeah. in the new animal print collection we just added in some leopard items but really right. we're mixing in the rosy boa that we've had the oval snake we've had and maybe people I haven't seen it so we're just putting it to the front and we're putting in just anything okay the cow stuff like we right like anything that's from an older season which you can still wear and looks great um so that's how we do that and then also you know like as you said people like want something new so maybe you've been wearing our black mules for six years at this point <laughs> so <laughs> from the beginning so we're like okay what can we do to change the mule so you can still it's the same effectively the same use for it but right. what can you do that makes it new so it's more exciting and it, it basically replaces that meal that you had and we're also right. learning that mm -hmm. for our customers they may already have a strap but they're not visualizing the shopping experience on our website as interchangeable shoes they're seeing it as one finished combo Got so it. if you remix a strap they already mm -hmm. have with a new shoe that's and they're like oh i have that strap mm -hmm. i just need the space now and they buy right. the yeah so how would you describe your customer who do you who is your customer i would say they're definitely they're in professional fields they're they're ma probably making over a hundred thousand dollars they have a smartphone they tend to live in urban areas if not suburban areas and this is one thing that i really think is true it's usually women who care a lot about supporting other female founded mm -hmm. businesses and also have this something a little kooky about them like maybe they you know secretly collect puppets or <laughs> <laughs> there's usually one really interesting thing about them that's true that would kind of connect them with taking a chance with our shoes every customer we've met in person we get to know them and there's just one thing that is so interesting and exciting that dark humor in the both of you right that kind of brings yes. together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tell me about the name LTR. Where did that come from? Mm, three days in our studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I guess we were kind of like, okay, well, you can like change around the shoes. They're like altering the look of the shoe. So we were like, maybe we'll go with something like that. So Altair kind of came from there. Then we had people who are like, oh, Altair, it means like for all the lands, right? I'm like, that's what yeah, I was that's like, a yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like that sounds great. But yeah, yes. <laughs> we're like, that's definitely what it was. So I think it's nice because we kind of came up with a play on like altering your shoes, but it is kind of like, you know, wear it for any occasion for different. Um, so I guess it has a lot of meaning um, yeah. more than we thought, which is nice. It kind of it grew into its own meaning, but really it started from there. And yeah, um, brainstorming a lot. Like, what did these shoes mean to us? What, yeah. they, what, what would they mean to other people? How could we market this? So, like, our first tagline was, "What's your alter ego?" Yeah. Because the idea is that you can change who you who you are in theory with these straps. We had this um funny idea that I was thinking about recently back in the day of you know when we have enough money to make commercials, maybe it'll be a woman that goes in and she comes out of a telephone booth as a superhero and no one recognizes her because she different straps <laughs> <laughs> if clark ken can get away with just having glasses then a woman I, so <laughs> why can't she just look different with different shoes right yeah oh, <laughs> yeah 
So yeah. that's great. Well, you know what? Now it's easier, right? I feel like today um, it is so much easier for small brands to have that, you know, micro customer, that customer mm-hmm. that is just you actually follow you. How do you find your customers today uh, via social media? Do you think that it's easier to sell them, you know, on an Instagram or do you still need that brick and mortar shop? I mean, I, I think it's getting easier. More people are acclimated, especially because of what is going on right now with the pandemic and COVID-19. People are becoming more acclimated to shopping online and shopping on their phone. With that said, I do think that buying shoes is such a personal decision mm-hmm. and you always want to know that it fits you really well. So if there is an opportunity for us to ever do something in person, it's always better because people buy shoes because they love us and they love the shoes right so right. even when you look at things top searches it'll be like shilpa altair harmony altair <laughs> you know <laughs> they're connecting with us and supporting our business because they genuinely love the big picture of what we represent um and it's just so much easier to have that connection in person yeah um i i actually think part of the reason it's easier is because it is just two of us so you know we could have this really compelling marketing story on social media but that would I mean that I personally, who are making the content, doesn't have time to answer all the customer service emails. That's so right. I, I think that's like partially also why in-person is so much better for us. And also because it's more interactive. You know, once you can see the straps and you learn how easy it is to change it out, it's like a game. You right. just want to keep grabbing all the straps like candy from a candy mm-hmm. store. And then two hours pass and you're like, you, you just feel more joy doing it in person than online. So that's true. I mean, we try, we've been trying to replicate. We know we can't be everywhere at once. We used to right. do a lot of shows and we really had driven ourselves mad. So it was really, so now we're like, how can, yeah. And then during, you know, during the pandemic, when everything shut down, we were like, how can we bring this, uh, this experience online to people? And that's why we did the, we have the shoe builder. Now we launched it earlier this year. Um, and it's supposed to give you the same idea of you can choose any base you want and it shows you what sizes are, it'll only show you anything that's available in your size. So there's no disappointment at the end. And it's, <laughs> online. it's online. Yeah. And so you go there and you can choose your straps, you can change the colors around and you can really see like what it could do. Um, and so that's something I'm hoping people will engage with more. And, and it's getting really good traction. It's yeah. just as exciting because you're still engaging and interacting and see it change lives. So. Definitely. And then another thing we're doing is we're partnering with stores that have uh, a, like the, it's usually a woman owner. They're usually very much like us nice. uh, in personality. Um, and, you know, their customer, we know that their customers are very loyal to them and we're, we leverage like that in the sense of, using that uh, familiarity to get people in the door. We'll do trunk shows there a lot of the time. So at least they get to meet us once. And then we have, it's just trying to partner with people who are like us. We can replicate that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a community. I think you're absolutely right. You know, Um, I love a trunk show. I think for both the customer and for the brand, it is the way to actually connect with your customer. You know, I remember um, I worked at Bergdorf Goodman for a time and, you know, I used to run the the shop for Marc Jacobs, Mm -hmm. but the shops that did the best there were Oscar de la Renta. And it is because he would be there 
every season talking to his client, constantly seeing what they wanted, looking at how they were shopping and all of the other brands that did the same thing, all of the trunk shows, you know, and that is the biggest thing. It's when you are there in person with that client and you get to hear what they love and what they don't love, you know, Definitely. because we love everything, right? When we're, when we're designing something, we're like, I love it all. <laughs> But when your customer tells you what they do love and what they don't love, then you start again, designing, right? And mm -hmm. thinking, how can I change this? Definitely, definitely. It definitely, I do think the, the customer response really informs us the, the future of our business. Um, we really do take it very seriously when people tell us things you know, like this is too tight. Like, oh, I like this color, but not on this. I wish you had this color, but not this on it. Right. Um, I love right. this. Like make, you know, like any, could you have more colors of this? Or right. Like, the sparkles are great. Like, do you, I'm like, are you sure you like this glitter? And they're like, no, no. What other glitter do you have? I'm like, I guess we'll make more. Like, right. <laughs> we do have a segment of women that I love who are a bit older, wouldn't be able to wear heels normally and love that they can wear ours because they're so comfortable. But it's definitely women who are, you know, either about to retire or have retired and used to be partiers, used to be that, like, you know, the, the ones that wanted to go to the clubs and dance. So they're getting our glitteriest straps and our like biggest platforms. And it's, it's just so, so nice to see that there is also that community of like, oh, you are very successful in your career, but there's definitely a party girl in there <laughs> that is looking for a way to wear, wear the same shoes you wore in your twenties. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, we all still are, you know, it's funny. I think we get older, but sometimes we don't see ourselves like that person. It's like, you're forever 25. I don't know about yeah. 21, but, or, or 35. No, no it's true. Right? 35. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You're always, I mean, you're just always young. You just end up getting older. Like the years pass by somehow where you're like, how did this happen? How did that happen? How did I get here? <laughs> That's right. But I think and I think shoes do so well because like lipstick, I think it's one of those things where, you know, your shoe, your shoe size actually doesn't change as much, does it? Definitely, definitely. You know, so you're able to wear your shoes no matter what, you know, up and down those, you know, 10 pounds that we always, you know, want to lose or whatever it is, but your shoes are always the same. So those are the one things that you can actually keep wearing and, and change up that outfit. You know, you can have an all black outfit and you change the shoe. It's a completely different outfit. You know, that's what accessories do. And I think that's what those, this fun ladies want to do. They want to just change up, you know, their style every now and then. I love that. And where do you see Altier in the future? Oh boy. <laughs> like there's so many directions. I just want to say before, before fully answering that question. Absolutely. One thing that I love about us is that we've been able to be agile and respond quickly to things and changes that we don't anticipate. So mm. there is definitely this dream of where we want it to go, but there is also this realistic expectation of like, maybe it won't be exactly like that because something's gonna happen that we may not anticipate. Um, but I think I would love for us to eventually branch out beyond shoes. Yeah. And I also think that there is, so much more we can do with sustainability. There's so many things just on that list that we wanna be able to do. Um, and I mean, you know, it 
it would be really great if our shoes were completely biodegradable. It's not possible for us right now. We can't right. access all of those materials, but I love the idea of making a cyclical business that has every, every nook and cranny thought out in terms of sustainability. Um, yeah, and then outside of that, I feel like eventually I could see us going into luggage or something more travel-oriented. So what about you? I think, yeah, I mean, that's just branching into different sectors like that, uh, being more sustainable as we can. It's a, an ongoing process, of course. Uh, I would say on the other side, you know, hopefully we can grow, we can support more people like awesome women uh, in the business and be, you know, more... And, I think we started out wanting to be something new in the fashion industry where people, it wasn't so hierarchical. It wasn't <laughs> so, it was more like about sharing knowledge and that we do that yeah, now inclusivity. with inclusivity and brands. We don't keep things secret. Uh, that's not who we are. You know, we have a million designs if you want to take one of them. I mean, I have so many. So, um, so I think that's kind of, we want to create that type of business uh, in the industry. And that's like, I guess going forward, we would love to create that type of business. And even in terms of maybe we won't ever have a big office, maybe it'll always be remote. Maybe we'll have like little places to meet or just community get togethers and we all work more remotely if that's what we like, or maybe it'll be one day, four day work weeks or, yeah. you know, all the new things that are coming out about work and how to make your life not about work, but make work 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 for your life uh, mm -hmm. and inject that more yeah. into the fashion industry Which and in business. I think is becoming common in the tech industry, but not mm -hmm. so much in fashion. Yeah. So for mm -hmm. us, it's really like, what does work-life balance really look like in fashion? And can it learn anything from other industries that, that work, you know? And then also, um, I was going to say that we, we work with Restore NYC, we donate money to them right now, 5% of our profit goes towards them. And then we also work as entrepreneurs and residents right now. So um, the survivors of sex trafficking can schedule a time to meet with us and we will offer resources and community and connections to help them start their own entrepreneurial path. So as we grow, I think it would be great to have a program where they can be even more integrated with the business, a training program program they could we could potentially hire some of these survivors full-time and I think that is like another another dream that is on the pipeline and hopefully will happen for us and it, and hopefully with our amazing work life balance it will be really catering to that kind of transition in your life so I love everything that you've just said I feel like um you know I started this podcast to connect with like-minded people, believe it or not. You know what I mean? I think I, I wanted to, to show people that, you know, my journey to sustainability and to a sustainable lifestyle, you know, and a sustainable lifestyle is exactly that. It's not just about resources, you know, it's not just about like, you know, um, whether something is biodegradable, I think that's part of it. The other part of it is the human connection of it, right? The other part is, you know, making sure that people aren't mistreated. And then part of it is work-life balance as well. I think that's part of sustainability. You know, yeah. it is it is that 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 lifestyle that leads you to happiness, right? And to being more happy so that you create happiness for other people. And I think you ladies are wonderful at showing all of that and how you share your resources and you share your talent. And sometimes you feel, you know, you look at big companies and they do 
some things, but when it's a small company that does it, it's so much more important because it's so much harder for you guys to do it. I don't think people understand that, you know, that the amount that you're giving, that the amount that you're doing, it's the two of you. It's not like this department and that department and whoever it is and whatever. It is, it is from your heart. And you know, and I and I love that. And going with the flow, you know, because a lot of the times we think of a business and we it's exactly what you said, Harmony. We have a vision for it, but there's steps, there's things that happen along the way. And it's learning how to go with that flow. It is learning how to pivot when you need to pivot, you know, and but but with it all, you still have that vision intact. And I applaud you for that because that really is is what a good businesswoman, you know, and a good entrepreneur does. So I can't wait to see the new things that are coming out for you guys, because I know it's going to be really great. I know that, you know, I've seen your journey. I met you ladies uh, a few years back and I've always kept, keep looking at what you guys are doing. And I wanted to have you here because I've always loved what you did and and your personality. <laughs> it's all about you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Let yeah, them I know. know. I want. Go ahead, Shop. I didn't want to. Oh no, no. Shop. I was just saying. I hope we continue to uh, make you happy. <laughs> That's only <laughs> why. I want people to uh, enjoy the shoes. Hopefully, she continues to be great. You know. So selfishly, that's what I want. <laughs> no, I think it is, and I think um, it it gives also like. It's such great conversation, you know, to talk about uh, different issues, you know, that it's not always about products, but it's also about people and it's about environment and it's about living. So I like that. And where can customers find you? Give them anywhere that they can, they can go to look at your product or even any place that they can go to try it on now. Sure. Uh, yeah. So we're mostly online. Um, so that's altairny.com, A-L-T-E-R-R-E-N-Y. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's mo- majorly where we sell those uh, shoes. Uh, Instagram, you can find, yeah. uh, I think you can shop from there yeah, now. Yeah. There's yeah. A, you can shop from our Instagram. You can also find the links to our website there. And it's just at altairny. A L T E R R E N Y. So those are the main places. Uh, otherwise, in store, we're in uh, Clementine's Boutique in Seattle. We're in um, Zelda Shoe Bar in Portland. We're in, in. We're going to be in one in Tennessee, but not yet. They're just we're we're starting that one yet. Uh, but those two places for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. And then if you feel like shopping while playing a video game, <laughs> you can also download this app called Covet, Covet Fashion. And it's really fun. They give you little challenges. You can dress your avatar for special events and our shoes are on there. So you can shop and add them to your avatar. And then the individual shoes will also take you to our website. So Yes. Oh, and Mine. I guess on demand as well. Oh yeah, Miss oh, on demand. Yeah, Miss on demand online as well. They also carry uh, some more vegan styles. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. But those are like uh, the main places you can go. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as long as people go to your website and your Instagram, they're going to find all those other things there. Definitely. Yeah, Thank you'll God. find Thank all God of that they're able to do that. And yeah. what's that app again? Because I think that app would be fun. Yeah. Love it. C-O-V as in Victor, E-T. 
perfect. Cause I think that's going to be fun for people to try. And I just want to thank you ladies. I think this was amazing. Thank you for being the first. I can't believe yeah, it. Thank you thank for you being so my first guest. <laughs> of course, of course. It's exciting. This endeavor is like really super exciting and we wish you all the best of luck in doing this. And thank you so, so much. I wish you yeah. and it's needed too. Yeah. There needs to be more conversations about sustainability and fashion and what that means. Definitely. So. I, I hope to bring a lot of knowledge to people and let them know that there are brands like yours out there that they can go to that they have no idea about a lot of the times. And hopefully we'll be able to get some people, you know, um, to start coming on to the sustainable route that we're that we're building here so thank you thank you so much and hopefully we'll have other conversations so let's uh let's stay connected and everyone thank you for joining me at the stylishly sustainable podcast remember to visit altier a-l-t-e-r-r-e-n-y.com so that you can go ahead and look at these wonderful interchangeable sustainable and stylishly sustainable shoes thank you